the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Before we begin our text, I would like to read a letter written to believers by our Lord through Peter. And I have personalized it so that you're aware that it is about you and that it is for you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. You, Christian, were chosen and foreknown by God the Father and consecrated, sanctified, made holy by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and to be sprinkled with His blood. May grace, spiritual blessing, and peace be given you in increasing abundance, that spiritual peace to be realized in and through Christ. Freedom from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts. Praised, honored, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By His boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay, imperishable, unsullied, and unfading, reserved in heaven for you. You, Christian, are being guarded, garrisoned by God's power through your faith till you fully inherit that final salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. His desire for you is that you know His grace and His peace and His blessing in greater and greater abundance. He is not wanting you to know just a peace and to hold on to that peace because His mercies are new every day. He wants you to grow in your experience of His great love and His goodness toward you. He wants you to grow in the understanding of the mercy that He has afforded you. He wants you to grow in the truth that you have an intimate personal relationship with Him available to you through your union with Jesus Christ. He wants you to grow increasingly, abundantly in that truth. And He has garrisoned He is guarding you, and He has garrisoned you by His power through your faith 
Guarding you from what? He's guarding you from despair. He's guarding you from hopelessness. He's guarding you from fear. He's guarding you from the seduction of this world. He is guarding you so that you can walk in the confidence and the assurance of His life within you. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians that we've been studying is largely a pastoral letter of comfort for troubled believers. And I believe that this word that I just read to you is a letter of comfort to those of us who have been troubled, those of us who have been, I guess, worried about the condition of this world and of this nation. We are guarded, we are garrisoned through our faith. We are to experience to the very last the utmost fullness of His grace, of His mercy, of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Never surrendering a single moment unto the enemy. Never losing a single moment of victory. Walking in truth and being the light that we were created to be. We are still in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and today our text will actually is verses 9 through 11, but I'm going to begin back at 5, just to keep it all in context and keep the order correct. And starting in verse 5, Paul is seeking to comfort these new believers, these new Christians. And, And the way he is doing that is he is beginning to illustrate for them the differences between believers and unbelievers. That there is a difference, that the two cannot be confused. You can't say he's partially a believer or partially an unbeliever. That there is a contrast between the two. And he's illustrating that in all of these verses. And the reason he's illustrating this is because the life, the nature, the behavior, the inheritance, the truth of the believer is in direct contrast to the truth of the unbeliever. In fact, that contrast is so stark that he uses the illustration of darkness and light. Can you get any more stark than that? Can you get any greater contrast than that? He wants to make sure. And you know what? It's not new to him. He he didn't think, Paul didn't think this up. Of course, everything is inspired through the Holy Spirit. But I know that this was given directly to Paul from Jesus himself. Jesus spoke this illustration into Paul on the Damascus Road in Acts 26, verse 18. Jesus said to them, speaking of him going to the Gentiles, he says, you're going to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may thus receive forgiveness and release from their sins and a place and portion among those who are consecrated and purified by faith in me. Jesus told Paul that your ministry is light, Paul that they may turn from darkness to light, from death to life, from blindness to sight, from the power of Satan to the kingdom of God, from the people of the night to the people of the day, that they may know the salvation of the Lord, the fullness of what forgiveness is, and know that they have a place and a portion in my kingdom. That's what you are going to illustrate for them, Paul. 
Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, The Father has delivered us, delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Our God who dwells in light, who is light, has drawn us to Himself out of the control of darkness. What He has done, He has literally recreated us to dwell in His presence. Taking us out of darkness. Now here's the thing. In order for darkness to control you, there's only two ways darkness can have control over your life. One, that you belong to it. Two, that you yield yourself to it. If you belong to it, it's got you. If you have not received Christ as your life, as your Savior, then you are not a new creation. You were born into darkness. You were born into the heritage of sin. You were born into separation from God. And none of these things that we talk about in terms of the inheritance that is unto the children of God is for you. You're reading somebody else's mail. It's not about you. Your future, your destiny, your eternity is with the people of darkness. But if you have received the light then you cannot change that. That's who you are. You are a person of light, birthed into light, made into light, to dwell in the presence of light, to reflect light. It encompasses every essence of who you are. Our God who dwells into the light has drawn us unto himself. Now, as I said last week, darkness and light is an issue of birth, not behavior. Darkness and light is an issue of birth, not behavior. We are either people of the day or people of the night. Remember, I read for you Ephesians 5.8 that says, Once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Lead the lives of those native born to the light. In other words, this is who you are. Now live to the truth of who you are. Have you ever gone to a party or been around people that you didn't know and you kind of played out into their game, whatever their society is, whatever their particular bent is, you played along with it, but you never felt comfortable. And you walked away and you thought, this is not who I am. And you know what the bottom line is? A lot of people say, just be yourself. But you know, unless you have the Spirit of God in you, and even if you do, you need to know who yourself is. If you have the Spirit of God in you, you are a child of the King, you are light, and your behavior will reflect that, should reflect that, should enforce that. It should encourage you in who you are. It should be natural to you. But if you are a child of darkness, then you will never know who you are. Because the darkness is constantly reinventing itself in order to be acceptable, and it never gets there. It's always craving some form of acceptance, craving some form of identity, craving to be established in some way. And it never is, is it? People are never happy with who they are, no matter how far up the ladder they get. Look at this verse again. It says, Paul is, is Paul saying to you, you are becoming that you will be? No, he's not. He is saying that because... This is who you are because of birth. Now let your behavior affirm the truth of who you are. 
Now, starting in verse 5 of 1 Thessalonians, Paul begins to illustrate the differences between the people of the day and the people of the night. And these are important. They're very important to us so that we understand the truth of who we are. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you do not understand the reality of who you are, and you can tell me, oh, well, I know, Pastor. I'm, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I know who I am. No, you don't. That's not just who you are. Do you think who you are is saved? Do you think who you are is just a Christian? Well, let's define the truth of that. Who you are is a new creation birthed to live in union with Christ and to live out of that union. To literally expose this dark world to the truth of Christ. To live in obedience. To give forth and display and manifest the very attributes of Christ. To live in abundance and victory over the clawing of the world to become something that you're not. To literally live in abundance and victory over all of the baggage and the things that the enemy wants to dump on you to be able to walk from victory to victory. Now, you've heard that said many times, haven't you? Haven't you heard this, that we live from victory to victory? What does that really mean? In order for us to live from victory to victory, we have to walk from conflict to conflict. Do you ever think about that? That's the reality of it. We are constantly being bombarded with lies and deceptions in order to take us away, distract us, lure us into a worldly stupor to live in a way that is not true to who we are. Because that's the desire of the enemy. It is the desire of our God in our life that we walk in the truth from victory to victory. Now listen. Does that mean you're never going to fall? You're never going to fail? Well, I'd like to meet you if that's your testimony. Because either, either uh, one of us is lying. <laughs> the reality is that we don't live that way. But God has made it so through His grace and His mercy that when we fall, we can fall forward. We can fall into truth. We can grow in grace. And we can increase in knowing and experiencing the abundance of His grace and His mercy. Paul begins to illustrate these differences, and these are important, so we're going to go through them. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5, he starts with, For you are all, speaking to the Thessalonians, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We do not belong either to the night or to the darkness. Now, Paul begins at the beginning, as it were. He begins with birth. As I told you, it is an issue of birth. You see that word, sons? He's talking about your spiritual birth. And as I told you before, spiritual birth is like physical birth. You can deny your heritage, but you can't change it. We've got a lot of people who think that they are a child of the world and a child of the king. That isn't possible. Your body is the only remnant left of Adam. The reality is that you are, if you are a Christian, a new creation, birthed through the life and death of Christ, made for the glory and praise of God. Paul begins with birth. Look at 1 Thessalonians. We move down to verses 6 and 7. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, he says, Accordingly then, 
since you are sons of light. Accordingly then, let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us keep wide awake, alert, watchful, cautious, and on our guard. Let us be sober, calm, collected, and circumspect. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. So the second thing that Paul addresses here is our behavior. This doesn't mean that we can't misbehave as Christians. It doesn't mean that we won't sin. It's just not natural for us. The illustration I used last week in this is that a monkey can seek to behave like a fish, but it's going to take a lot of coping mechanisms to get that done. And in the end, can you call it life? The reality is that you are who you are by birth. And Paul says, as you are sons of light, this is how you behave. This is how you act. He says, let us not sleep as the rest do. Well, who are the rest? The unbelievers. So how do believers behave? Follow me with the verse. Well, do not sleep as unbelievers. Let us... Keep wide awake, alert, watchful, cautious, and on our guard. And let us be sober, calm, collected, and circumspect. Alert, aware, sober, not in a distracted stupor, living like the lost. Again, we're not talking about intoxication here. We're talking about a way of life. The lost... The man who desires to live in darkness lives oblivious to God and what he has done, to the work of God. He is absolutely blinded to the truth. Now let me ask you a question. What's the difference between a man who can't see and a man who won't see? There's not any difference, is there? The carnal Christian won't see. They will acknowledge God, but they won't see him. This is a condition of many Christians today. They're not passionate about their God. They're not passionate about their love for Him. They're in a worldly stupor, in a distant relationship with God, one that resembles a co-worker rather than an intimate friend. Listen, I know you all have read this, and this is really the truth. The prosperity people blow it into something that it's really not. But God will give you the desires of your heart. The question is, what are you desiring? Does it have anything to do with God? Because what you are calling blessing is going to be curse. You think you will have your life together when you get that thing, or that person, or that achievement. But the blessing of those things is in Christ. It is Christ being realized in the place that He puts you. That's why I tell you, the desire of your heart should be very simple. Thy will be done. If the desire of your heart is not based in Philippians 3.10, to know Him, then you are going to ask for the very thing that is going to cripple you, it's going to injure you, it's going to take life from you, so that you realize that you need Him. That's what this world's about. People think, if I just had enough money. Well, we've heard this illustration from the pulpit all the time. Well, how many people with a lot of money do you know that are really happy? There's not that many. There are very few. 
Now you see the difference between a man who can't see and a man who won't see. A man who won't see is illustrated by a carnal Christian. He walks with the truth of God within him, but fails to acknowledge it, fails to live to it. Paul characterizes the lost as being asleep, drunk, and in darkness. He says, let us not. Now as I told you last week, let us not means you have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice to choose Him. You have a choice to know Him. You have a choice to walk with Him. You have a choice to live in a Christ-centered life rather than a man-centered life. Choose not, what he is saying, choose not to be insensitive to the things of God, to the work of God, to the people of God. Because that is your mooring. That is the thing that keeps you in the truth. If you walk in a way that just has you running to the world and living your life here and then running over here to see what God thinks about it when you get in trouble, then you are not walking in light. You're not living in the truth. And it's little wonder that your faith suffers. It's little wonder whether that you have the occasional question of whether or not you're a Christian. It's little wonder that your desires are not for God. Let me tell you something. I said this last week. I'm going to tell you again. Listen, God doesn't just give you an appetite for Him and then say, Okay, fine, I'm going to keep that really strong and active in you. No. You've got to eat. You've got to eat. What does that mean, Todd? You being legalistic on me? No, I'm not. It means live to the truth of who you are. Walk in the truth of who you are. You want to be affirmed in your relationship with the Lord? You want to know what it is to be in abundant life? To walk? It means to walk in who you are. To determine by faith to live in who you are. Now, I preach this quite often. But you know what? I need to hear it quite often. And I'm thinking, since God put it on my heart, you guys need it too. We need to walk in who we are. We don't want to be insensitive to the things of God. We don't want to be callous to the truth that is before us. You know, the reality is this, that God has so much for us. He has so much for us. This life was not meant to be a curse. There are trials. But the blessing is the realization of Christ in the trials. His strength is made perfect in what? Strength? Weakness. Most of you say, well, I'd just soon not have any of that, thank you. I prefer to be strong. Okay. You will get the desire of your heart, but you will never recognize strength. Because the strongest man, the strongest worldly man, is probably the most insecure man on the planet. You will never know that strength. Now verse 8 reminds, us, right, reminds them of their identity as the people of the day. And how to stay sober. That is how to stay free from the intoxicating deceptions and distractions of the world. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 8. But we belong to the day. That's your identity. Therefore, because of who you are, let us be sober... And let us put on the breastplate, corslet of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now he says, put on. Again, what does that mean? That means you have a choice. That means you have a choice. You don't have to put it on. You don't have to make it the way you live. 
It can just be part of your Christian faith. But you don't have to live it. But I want to tell you something. If you choose not to, then what you do is you invite all of the issues, all of the problems of flesh and all of the temptations and all the weaknesses that the enemy can bring to you. You invite them. He says, put it on. Live it. You know what that armor is? Paul calls it the armor of light. Who are you? You are light. It means it's your suit. It's who you are. It's part of who you are. It's the way you live. Romans 13.12 says, The night is far gone and the day is almost here. Speaking of the return of the Lord. Let us then drop, fling away the works and the deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Now notice that's an either or. You're either going to put on the armor of God or you are going to be in the works and the deeds of darkness. Now, lest you think that that means that you're going to be selling drugs or uh, entering into the dark, seedy world of the criminal underground, no, that's not what he's talking about. You know what the deeds of darkness are? It's man operating apart from God. And you know what? It's independence apart from God. It's self-reliance. Do you know God never intended you to be self-reliant? Now, I know that doesn't go with pop psychology, but I'm going to tell you that's the truth of the Word of God. You are to be God-reliant. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.